Hi, I'm Ellie McGuire, and this is Shaking the Bushes. I have stories about living in the biggest city in the world, New York City, and in the smallest state in the country, Rhode Island. I can tell you about spending two and a half weeks with a former president and first lady and about how my dog had a pivotal part in me actually holding a real live Oscar. And I have questions too like, what's up with all these bunnies in my backyard here in Warwick? Or as my New York City friends would say, what's a backyard? I grew up in Warwick, left to see the world, and then came back home. What's more Rhode Island than that? I hope you enjoy Shaking the Bushes. So I read an article on Fast Company that said the healthcare giant, Johnson & Johnson, is replacing their well-known signature script logo it has used since 1887 with a modern look. The powers that be thought that in an era of texting and emojis, the signature logo, which, by the way, was based on co-founder James Wood Johnson's signature, was showing its age. Heck, if you were 136 years old, you'd be showing your age a bit, too. Anyway, the article said that, like many Americans, the company will stop writing in cursive. What?! And then went on to say that with many children no longer learning to write cursive in school, the new modern logo might be easier to process. Easier to process? What the? So is it true that kids today are not learning how to read or write cursive anymore? How will they ever be able to sign their American Express card? How will they know the thrill of writing a letter or going to the mailbox to see if there's a card or letter written to them? Cursive! I mean curses. That just seems so wrong. And while I'm on the subject of letter writing, have you ever stopped to think about how every single piece of mail from anywhere in the USA, heck, even the world, makes it to its destination every single day? except Sundays, but come on, it's mind-boggling. I don't know my New York City mail person from Adam. And who's Adam, by the way? But I do know my Warwick letter carrier, Rachel. She is the sweetest person. She always stops to pet my pups on our daily walks in the burb, which is a big act of kindness considering she has to bend way down with her heavy mailbag, mostly filled with junk mail don't get me started, to pet my tiny little puppy dogs. Rachel once said that when she sees me out with my Yorkshire Terriers, it looks like I'm walking two squirrels down the street. And I still like her. (laughs) But when you think about all the Rachels out there walking all the neighborhood streets in all the suburbs and all the cities every day delivering the mail to each and every home and apartment in the USA, it makes my mind blow. Getting my mail in New York City is different than getting my mail in Warwick. Every day the doorman sorts all the mail for the different families in the building that the letter carrier drops off daily and then puts it on our front door stoops. With no doorman in sight in Warwick, I wish, I rushed home from a recent run between the raindrops the other day to put out the garbage bins for the next morning's pickup and check to see if we had any mail in the front door. In between the wad of newspaper junk mail and a utility bill was a bright blue envelope. 
It was a card, a real live greeting card. It wasn't my birthday, and I wasn't sick, and I haven't broken up with anyone, Ron. (laughs) I could see by the return address that it was from my friend Jane, once a Warwick girl who now lives near San Francisco. When we were both six years old, she beat me at tennis in a tournament at the Warwick Country Club. Till this day, I'm still getting over it. Needless to say, we go way back. And despite the 3,134 miles separating us, we have remained good friends. I opened the card, and there on the front was a funny New Yorker cartoon. And inside was a handwritten note in cursive. It started off, Hi, author Ellie. How's my favorite badass doing? (laughs) I laughed out loud. And oh, how it made my heart sing. It was just what the doctor ordered. Jane had recently read my book manuscript, and despite our long-standing friendship and how nervous I was for her to read it, she's quite smart, you know, Jane was both complimentary and quite surprised at some of my revelations about my personal life, hence the endearing badass comment. At least I think it was endearing. And the author, Ellie, boy, I needed that. Let me explain. My seven years of slaving over a hot memoir, which includes survivor stories of adoption, alcoholism, abuse within my family, career, and even some very high-profile people, makes me wonder if my speaking up is possibly too much for some to handle. Great writing, an interesting story, but not for us. That's the feedback I've been getting from agents. And you can't get a publisher unless you have an agent. Frustrating? Hell yeah, but we must never give up. But enough about that, and back to Jane's card. It really did give me a boost. She made my day, perhaps even my week. Which leads me to the question, what ever happened to snail mail, to writing letters? In seventh grade, I remember writing to Charles Schultz, the creator of the comic strip Peanuts. (laughs) Wait, I just have to share something with you. In talking about this with Ron this morning, he warned me to be careful that my peanuts sound like penis. (laughs) Penis comic strip. (laughs) He had me practice. Peanuts, peanuts, peanuts. (laughs) Peanuts comic strip. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay, where was I? Oh, yes. I was obsessed with Charlie Brown, Lucy, Snoopy, especially Snoopy, in the Peanuts comic strip. So I wrote a letter to Mr. Schultz in longhand, and he wrote back. I was beyond ecstatic. Along with an autographed picture, signed in cursive, mind you, he also sent along a short letter. Both the picture and letter were still hanging on my bedroom wall when I went off to college. I think my peanuts letter was a turning point for me. I would be forever hooked on connecting through letter writing and sending cards in the mail. I hear that kids today... Listen to me, kids today. I sound like my mother. Kids today. Anyway, I remember after graciously being invited to cruise on a private yacht in Greece with former President George and First Lady Barbara Bush and their foundation folks, family, and friends, Ron and I got the nicest letter from George with the details of the cruise in the mail. Yeah, just a little old letter from a former president of the United States. Sent in the mail, sitting on my New York City stoop. 
President George was known for his prolific love for sending handwritten letters. Many of the letters he sent me will be in my forthcoming memoir, Shaking the Bushes, by the way. When I get an agent. A week before the Bush cruise, I found out it was the former First Lady's birthday. So I sent her a birthday card. Because that's what I do. Upon Ron's and my return to New York City after our trip of a lifetime with the Bushes, there on our stoop, on top of a pile of mail, with an elegantly appointed envelope, heavy paper stock, of course, with the word Bush embossed on the return address, was sitting there. It was a note from Barbara thanking me for her birthday card. No way! I actually pondered whether I should thank her for thanking me for her birthday card. It would be like an Escher painting. It would never end. Talk about old school. I love old school. Getting a letter in the mail? The intimate act of one human being taking the time to sit down and write their personal thoughts to another human being without worrying about hits or followers? It is such a rush. I even used to collect fancy stationery as a kid to support my letter-writing habit. Hey, come on, some people used to collect hummels. What's a hummel, you ask? Crap, if I have to explain to you what a hummel is, you probably aren't writing in cursive either. (laughs) But all kidding aside, I truly do believe in the magic of connecting with letter writing. So I'm working on a letter to Billie Jean King. She lives a few blocks away from me in New York on the Upper West Side. Billie Jean and me, we go to the same salon, darling. And one day this spring, when I stepped out of the front door of my building to walk my dogs, There she was, Billie Jean King, walking by. And she stopped to ooh and ah over my little Yorkies. I must admit, their cuteness is irresistible. Anyway, their cute vibes gave me the opportunity to chat it up with the queen of tennis, that we both got quaffed at the same hair salon. We both love Chirping Chicken. It's a restaurant I see her at a lot. And we both love Central Park, which is where she was going. Billie Jean, she was very nice. So I'm going to write her. Not that she would remember me, but maybe she would. Since she's all about gender equality and social justice, maybe she might have some suggestions. Perhaps guide me, help me to get my voice heard, my memoir published. As my mom used to say, you never know unless you ask. And before you try to rain on my letter writing parade, let me tell you about my letter to Honda. In 2017, my stepdad passed away. Eight months later, my mom passed. They had a 2010 Honda Civic. It was nothing sexy, like my old midnight blue XJ6 Jaguar I used to have, or my little red Mercedes sports car, mind you. But after living in New York City, cars no longer were as much a part of my identity. Ron and I embraced this little Honda just as a means to get around in the suburbs. Time passed. We were traveling the country with our Schmitty the Weather Dog science sing-along show. Then came the pandemic. And by the time we made it back to Rhode Island, our little Honda looked like it had a face peel. The paint was literally falling off. While running, I would notice a few other Hondas that had the same malaise. In a conversation with a car enthusiast who lived down the street, it was brought to my attention that the 2010 Honda Civic had defective paint and Honda would repaint it. Yay! Hooray! I guess you could call it their Honda Civic Duty. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't resist. 
Ron and I drove to the local Honda dealership, all excited at the possibility of getting a facelift for our car. But after investigating, the folks at the dealership told us that the deadline for getting a paint job had expired. Expired? What? But it was defective paint. How could replacing bad paint have an expiration date? So what did I do? I wrote a letter, of course. Not to Mr. Honda in the town next door. Nay, nay. But to the CEO, the top dog, the big kahuna of all of Honda in all of America. I wrote him a letter complete with pictures. I call it my People Magazine kind of letter. I explained the situation, hopefully in an entertaining way, and mailed it at a post office in a postal slot. Yup, snail mail. My theory? A manila envelope that would be sitting on his desk teasing him to open it versus just being one of, I can't even imagine how many emails he might get daily, would have more of a chance of being read by Mr. CEO. About three weeks later, I got a few phone calls, all from the same area code in California. I didn't answer them because I just thought they were spam. But then it dawned on me, California? Wait, isn't that where the main headquarters of Honda USA is located? So I listened to the messages, and lo and behold, it was from Honda headquarters. And when I called back, a very nice gentleman answered, informing me that Mr. Number One Guy at Honda got my letter and is going to repaint our car. Yes! Anyway, when I hung up the phone, I did a little dance, called Ron, and gleefully put a much-needed checkmark in my win column. Ron and I just dropped off the Honda, and it's being painted as we speak. I think after I write Billie Jean King, I'm going to write a letter to Gloria Steinem. Maybe Oprah and Alyssa Milano, too. In cursive, of course. I'm going to sit right down and write myself a letter in cursive and make believe it came from a publisher. (laughs) And I don't even drink. Thanks for hanging out with me at Shaking the Bushes. You can learn more about me and my memoir called, wait for it, Shaking the Bushes at my website, elliemaguire.com. And thank you to the Warwick Public Library, where this podcast is recorded and where I've been a visitor since it opened back in 1965. Wait a minute. That's so weird since I'm only 39. (laughs) See you next time on Shaking the Bushes.